Welcome to the My Business Podcast, where we sit down with local businesses and we talk about who they are, where they come from, and what inspires them to be in business. Hello, and welcome to the My Business Podcast. My name is Adam Bell, and I'm your host. And today here with me in the studio is Helen Francis for a one of, well, two-part series. We're going to do two uh, two very interesting episodes here with Helen today. So the name of Helen's business is Calibracure. Did it's I get did I get that right? Pretty much Calibracure, yes. Can it's but it's pronounced however you want to really pronounce it. But well, welcome to the studio. Thank Ma- you. Maybe start by <laughs> telling us what Calibracure. Calibracure, yes. So means, I've just because I know it's got a meaning. I've just rebranded the business to that to the name Calibracure. So um, Calibri um, in German and Finnish and Danish and a few other European countries means hummingbird. And hummingbird in traditional Peruvian um, culture means the messenger between the earth and the heavens. Wow. Um, and cura is Latin for care. So it's around being the messenger of care or the caring messenger, um, being able to support others um, in their growth and their journey. In I that love way. that. That's fantastic. Now, you've got a, a pretty amazing story, I believe. You Would you mind maybe sharing, uh, to start us off, share a little bit of, about that and where you've come from? Okay. Um, so, originally, um, I was born, but I was born... At, I was born. Originally, okay. originally, I was born. Okay. Um, but I was born out of an affair. So, um, my mum also had me at a lot older, um, 45, but back in the 80s, that was quite uncommon. Um, and so being raised, I ended up creating belief structures around that I shouldn't exist because adultery is considered a sin and everything like that. Um, and so I didn't have a traditional relationship or upbringing with, with the father around because he was with his other family. I found out from a very young age, um, through just being curious and him not being around like normal parents. And so there was a whole range of beliefs and, and things that arose from that. And then as I went into teenagehood, that led to depression suicidal tendencies um, and a whole plethora of other other stuff that just spiralled me down. I've always been a larger girl. So back in the 90s, the fashion was very, very thin um, girls and so that was not me. Um, so that contributed to those um, mental health issues um, in that space. And then um, – and also it affected my relationships with men um, because I didn't have any really good examples um, – of how relationships should be. And so originally I all I wanted was to, to get into a relationship, have a family because I, I felt that would fix all of my issues. Um, and, yeah, so after – so from that I kind of started doing a little work. I moved to Tasmania um, chasing a boy. And once that sort of stopped happening uh, – stopped um, – so once that relationship started to break down or it wasn't mm-hmm. really lining, I a girlfriend got me into some energy healing work, which was sort of my start to real start of, of looking at myself and kind of peeling back all the layers um, of, of things that I'd put on um, because um, the depression that had led to lots of addictions for me um, really easy to mask and hide away by going out partying and socialising yep, and drinking. As a lot of people do. Um, numbing it with drugs as well. Um, and, you know, that, that did work, um, but it didn't actually solve any of the issues. Um, it's a bit like at times taking lots of painkillers that's not actually solving the issue of, of what's causing the pain. Sure. Um, 
so yeah, so I started doing the work through the Energy Work in Tasmania, um, which led me into some coaching coaching stuff um, through one of the people doing training there. Um, my life from a career perspective previously was in admin um, for state governments. Um, and then 2020, at the start of 2020, on the 29th of February, I flew out to Costa Rica and um, undertook a um, plant medicine journey for the first time. Um, my mum had passed away. My dad had passed away when I was 19, so never sort of resolved those things. So it was just me. Um, so I went to South America um, and experienced my first plant medicine of ayahuasca, which showed me um, some amazing insights and revelations and um, from there I ended up started doing more work in the coaching space um, for my own development um, to really, yeah, to to be able to heal and, and fix what I thought needed sure. fixing. And through that, just that knowledge and, and, and clearing through those things, it's led me to down this path and moving up the Sunshine Coast and um, having the space to be able to kind of help or facilitate space for others to to grow in, in on their journey. Sure, and I, I now know it's sort of men's mental wellness that you specialise in, and something you have a have a passion for. Was there was there something that happened along the way? Was there a turning point that led you down that particular path? Um, yeah, so there's sort of several factors. Um, having been raised by an exceptionally strong, independent female. Um, and a lot of her friends were very strong, independent females as well. I I was given that, I was blessed with with that at that um, ability, and, and a lot of and seeing the work that had been done for women, the support for the growth, which um, over the last hundred years has definitely needed to happen. Um, but what what that's meant is that women have grown in in a particular way, but also men haven't had that same focus on okay so who are men what are they and so the, the traditional enculturated um roles for men um were no longer are no longer kind of uh, the same as they were because mm -hmm. women are now able to provide for themselves sure. and um and then just noticing and starting to see the stats of the men's suicide, which is three out of four suicides of men. It's crazy, it's isn't it? The, it's the biggest leading death of leading death of men under age of thirty five, mm. um, and the loneliness stats. I think I saw somewhere recently it was sixty three percent of men have experienced loneliness in their life. Um, and so really from a selfish perspective it's around supporting men's growth so that so that they can be the men for the women who've done the work on that side but also because in order for humanity to really grow and evolve it's not just one sex or the no. other sex we're, we're there too and and look men are needed <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know. It's, there some might people, be a some few people, women out there who, who don't agree with you. There are, there are some, I'm sure, that um, don't necessarily agree and think we can. And yes, women can do anything and everything. But I think from the dynamic um, of who we are as, as a race and as an animal species, um, men and women are very much needed in in their in for the for the evolution of humanity and and basically for if humanity is going to survive moving forward. Um, we need we need both men and women to work together and be around that, yeah, mentally and otherwise. Look, many people, but especially men, you know, can be he very hesitant um, to seek help for mental and emotional challenges. What would you say to you know someone, especially a man out there, who's 
on the fence, thinking about reaching out, what what advice could you give them? Oh, look, um, so one of the things, a bit of backtrack, men don't tend to seek help like no. women do. Um, and, again, that's partly the enculturated society beliefs of men have been taught a lot from their forefathers that boys don't cry, just pick yourself up, Be just tough. keep going, just keep going, you'll be right, you'll be right, you don't need to talk about it. If you show weakness, it means you're vulnerable, which means then you you can be shut down and, and weak and you won't you know succeed in life. Um, so I think that's one of the core reasons why a lot of men don't do that. Um, also out of shame and fear out of shame, which is why they don't necessarily talk to their partners. They don't want to be seen as less. Um, I think for men, the key message to do is really to, to look and find somewhere or something that's actually going to work for you mm. um, because it is different for everybody else. Not all guys want to sit and talk around a, a campfire um, and, and talk in a men's group. Mm. Um, and a lot of a lot of misperceptions around around that as well. So you don't have to um, dance around naked around a fire, drumming a drum, being embracing your sacred femininity. Like that's that's not what it's about about uncovering and learning about oneself. It also means you don't necessarily have to go to the extreme where it's like females need to get back in the kitchen and be this particular way mm. because that's not who females are nowadays. No. And that's ultimately there are some females who were interested in in that, and that's totally up to them. And you can be those either one of those if you choose to be, but that. There's so much more to guys and men that, you know, you can do that. But, yes, biggest thing is find find your tribe and that may not be the first people you look at. Um, build your team as a um, bit of a footy team um, is what we call it, what my psychologist calls it. It's like we sit on the sidelines but when you need us on the field, we're there to come up. So build a, a strong um, group and that can be a whole range of different stuff. And so, yeah, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another sure, in that way. Sure. Can you explain to me what... What's the difference between mental health, mental illness and mental wellness? Okay, so yeah. So mental health is the overarching thing that we talk about when we talk about um, how our minds are operating and working and our thinking patterns and our beliefs and our values. So mental health can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. Um, mental illness is when you have illnesses um, such as more, more around like heavy long-term depression, um, it can be schizophrenia, your bipolars and everything like that. So that's mental illness. And it's that, that affects where you're on the scale of mental health. Yes, yes. So if, if, if there's something mentally, in, you know, there's chronic long-term conditions or ongoing forever, there's, there's, there's temporary ones. So people can have bouts of loneliness and depression and come through those, um, unlike some other illnesses where it's, it's a lifelong maintenance of stuff say such as schizophrenia as an mm. example um whereas mental wellness is about doing things that help improve one's mental health um so that hopefully avoid mental illness going forward so it's a bit like um if you were to exercise and eat healthy so that your body is in a better position to last longer in that. And, um, and ward off any illnesses. Illnesses, in, yeah, and physical illnesses. Sure. So it's the same sort of stuff. So mental wellness can encompass a lot of stuff. It can encompass exercise. It encompasses um, having connections with others. It's around mental wellness is looking at understanding one's own thinking patterns and how they serve and how they don't serve one and understanding oneself um, and who they are um, in society and around and, and the actions that one takes to do mental wellness. So 
for me as an example, part of my mental wellness is having a coach, um, usually sometimes multiple. <laughs> um, but I also have a psychologist. I have my energy person that I go and see. And, you know, that's not for everybody. That's my things. I also have my girlfriends that, certain ones that I talk to about certain topics and things like that. And so for me, building those and making sure that they're they're in play um, and, and working through those is, is, is the mental wellness to help try and avoid mental illness um, as much as possible so that overall your mental health is doing well. well you've explained that really well because you hear all those terms a lot these days. Not, I hadn't even really given it much thought about how mm. they all um, intertwine and, and relate and what each one means, but you've explained mm. that, that very well. Helen, you, you emphasise, um, you know, a lot the importance of self-awareness and self-actualisation for especially those in influential positions. Why do you believe this is crucial for societal evolution? Um, well, being aware of oneself and one's patterns and um, that one operates from, and that includes your values, your beliefs, memories, um, and uh, any, anything that arises within um, even emotions – um, to be aware of those, self-aware of those, means that that's this very st- first starting point of actually taking back control of one's life and being able to control um, one's thinking, one's feeling, one's actions and what they say because they're really the four things in life that one actually has control and power over. Mm. Um, so by becoming aware of that, that's actually taking those initial steps around the thinking. Self-actualization is actualizing oneself to their fullest potential. So really working with those patterns and those underlying core belief structures that make up somebody's personality mm-hmm. and really identifying and taking control back of where it's being resourceful, where it's not being resourceful for for where one wants to go and basically taking them, waking up, which is your self-awareness, um, cleaning up um, in order to wake up and grow up, um, essentially. And so, Love yeah, that. that's that's where it comes from. And the more one becomes aware and self-actualised, um, the greater one is able to see multiple perspectives and, and have flexibility in their life to be able to um, adjust as context requires. Sure, sure. With your unique perspective that, you know, you bring to the table with this, how do you think our upbringing shapes, you know, our mental framework? How much of it is environment? Um, ultimately, environment plays the factor until it's no longer required because it is all an internal work. However, um, the way that children and babies learn is through modelling. Yep. And so they model their parents, they model their siblings around them, they model um, their whole community that around them. Um, and so you can model it either way. So, for example, if you have a parent who's, say, an alcoholic, your child may become an alcoholic themselves by modelling them in that direction or they may be so averse to alcohol because they've seen um, and, and that. So it's really how children interpret the world are based on what they model and what they see. Mm. Um, so they're kind of – everything's been handed to you. So all your beliefs and all your patterns have been handed to you, which is why – people from different cultures don't necessarily understand each other because they have different frameworks around how they operate. From the day they, they're they put on the yes. earth. Yes, so basically mm. from that day you're, you're learning and then and then what happens from the age of seven, um, seven or eight, we have what's called our metaprograms or our cognitive biases. They get lock, pretty much locked into place. And what our brains then do is looks to reinforce those those patterns because it's a way to protect and look at, look at so it worked in particular way. So that's how it plays out in 
in our lives. And so as we go along, we can either kind of what we call fall asleep to them and just let do our work and like, oh, that's just who I am. That's how, you know, it's just my luck and that. But that's our brain and how it works. So taking back control of that and and understanding going, okay, that's due to this from a nurturing perspective that I didn't feel like I received. So I, I react this way to, to gain love or something like that. Sure. Look, it's really interesting and fascinating what, what you talk about and it's making me understand a, a whole lot more. Tell me a bit about the services you, you do offer, whether it be men or, or other clients in, in this area. Okay, so um, I've just launched a men's group up on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so that will be monthly um, containers for men to be able to share, to start to do a bit more reflective work that for themselves. That could be them finding their tribe? That could be them finding their tribe. Um, but, yeah, it's really about men being able to sit around and, and open up and, and share what's going on for them to help try and even a small portion help some, you know, alleviate some loneliness or get a greater understanding from, from other men. Um, I have one-to-one services. So I do have an um, – I always offer um, an initial – session yep. um, because integral coaching isn't necessarily for everyone um, or my style of, of how I operate. Um, so it's really important that people understand that process before committing um, because not everybody's ready to peel back the layers and, no, and go you, deep and understand. I gather that's a common thing. You've got to be ready to, you yes. know, with, with any kind of self-improvement. Yes. Oh, exactly. Because I facilitate Basically, I facilitate the space. I don't. I don't give you the answers. It's all it, yep. th- the client does all the work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have a, a six a six session package um, intro. But then I also have ongoing monthly sessions depending on what people um, desire or want um, at the level of support and the number of sessions and the additional support um, around that as well. But having an initial free consultation with you would be the way to to work out what you have, what you've got to offer what uh, potentially somebody needs and where it may or may not fit with what you offer. Exactly, yes. So it's really understanding what the client needs and um, and what I'm able to offer as to as to how that works. Fantastic. Tell me about a success story. Tell me about, you know, not using any names, but someone you've worked with and where you've seen, you know, huge growth through, you know, you being able to, to coach them through whatever they've been going through. Um. It can be very subtle sometimes. Um, the but things, they can make the, the things, biggest yeah. differences. Oh, exactly. So I think I think for me, um, the thing I love is because I get myself out of the way in, in coaching sessions. So um, I have a tendency not to recall <laughs> intimate things about sessions because I'm yep. really there. Uh, I'm really there with the client in the moment of what's going on. But the biggest thing I really love is is asking someone a question about a particular topic that gets them to think about it a particularly different way sure. and seeing their face just shift. Gives them it a, lights a, a, literally a change of mindset in, in the moment. Yeah, exactly. And and pointing that out to them and whether it's not – sometimes it's just like, oh, wow, that's really great. Other times it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but being able to point out those things. So really pointing out um, one example is with somebody who has a tendency to just achieve, to do, 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 Keep going, yep. keep um, doing all those sorts of things. Meanwhile, all these other facets of their life are, are falling down. Um, and so for them, the realisation was understanding that 
although they may be appearing successful, they may feel like they're getting somewhere, they're actually avoiding what really needed to happen. And so they were kind of a bit of a hamster on a wheel, just going, keep chewing yeah. it, going, going, Which going. Which so many. And, and just like, oh, it'll be right once I get over the hill, once, you know, once, I, once I finish this project or once I get this job done or once I earn this much money, be, this will mean this. And, and instead kind of actually slowing down. And so by being able to see how they were utilising their work in that way and it was driving them from an external perspective and that and then being able to pull back inwards and start to look, it then was able to shift their relationships with their partner um, and with those around them. And not only that, but with themselves. Fantastic. Look, this is part one of a a two-part podcast um, interview that we are going to do. I want to give you a question now that will probably lead into, into part two. You've trained with some leading experts in, in various fields from, from NLP and, and plant medicine like you um, you mentioned earlier. Tell me about a technique or a method you know, that ha- has had significant impact on your, your coaching style. Uh, it would have to be what I call, or what's called the quadrants, or, which is, ties in with integral theory work. Um, and the quadrants are really looking at things from four perspectives um, and... This could we'll go quite deep into it, but we yeah. There's first, second, third, and fourth person perspective, and each of those aligns with stages of development, um, and interior and exterior um, forces, as well as individual and collective, and so they all play out. And that structure can actually be applied over anything, so it can be applied over any sort of business model, anything that kind of works with humans and everything like that, not just from a coaching perspective. Right. So it's really. It's a really powerful tool to look at things from multiple perspectives. Fantastic. Well, look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing a deep dive into that <laughs> in, uh, in part two of this, uh, this interview. But look, for anyone listening with this, especially men, uh, who's maybe some of this has resonated with and would like to have a chat with you, and I want to make the point too, having had a good chat with you, we had lunch before yeah. we, we did this, you know, from a guy's perspective, you can be yourself with with Helen. You know, you want to swear, you want to, you know, um, you know. <laughs> she deals with men, and she knows what men are like, and men are men. And um, you know, in coaching, don't feel as though you're coming in and you, you, you're sitting in front of a psychologist. That we, you know, there's these protocols and these this sort of you know behaviour you've got to exhibit. Um, Helen is Helen. She wants you to be you. And uh, you know, for any man who's out there, and look, I've had my struggles with mm. uh, with mental. Um, I've now got to get the term right with my mental health. health mental health, yes. Leading more towards the, you know, with the, the, and and it's gone up and down and, um, you know. And it will. Your men- mental health does go up and down. Yep. And and just on that note, thank you for your words, but it, it really is for me, I cr- I, I'm here to create the space, to facilitate the space for for people to be able to be who they are so that they could actually look at themselves and look look inwards and, and have that that safe space to be able to to do that yeah. and that's really what I'm here for no. I'm I'm kind of just providing the space I'm and yeah. that's really what I'm trying to say here and you know a man you may may think when they're going to someone to help with their their mental health that you know they need to be or, or portray someone with you absolutely not you be yourself and um you're used to yeah. that and you will help them. So where do they get in touch, Helen? How uh, how does someone get in touch with you? Um, my website, um, which you can <laughs> – goes to multiple at the moment. So there's Helen Francis Coaching, which will lead to the same site as colibricura.com.au, which I will spell. Spell that for me. K-O-L-I-B-R-I. 
C-U-R-A.com.au. <laughs> it's uh, still remembering it off the top of my head as yep. well. Um, but, yeah, if you search it's for Helen Francis um, coaching, I'm also on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, also on um, Facebook um, page. But, yeah. So Jump in. Book find a, me anywhere. Book a session and have a chat. And, um, you know, if you need any help at all, um, I'd highly recommend uh, jumping in there and seeing what Helen can do for you. But thank you. That is the end of part one. And uh, everyone jump on. There is a second episode coming. And uh, and have a listen to part two where we will delve into uh, a whole different area. Thanks, awesome. for, thanks for coming in. Thank you.